Are we recording? We are this? definitely recording. I'll okay. double check. Hey guys, welcome Let's... to the NeoWin Podcast, episode five. I'm Rich Woods. I'm Jean Carrasqueira. And we got what? this week we have WWDC. Oh, or... God. <laughs> it's all about Apple this week. Yeah, basically. And yeah. it was a, I actually liked the event. It was I enjoyed it. it. They, they they packed a lot of stuff into two and a half hours. And because uh, yeah. remember that they, they moved really fast at the beginning. They did. Uh, I was did. I, right. I, I thought they had something extra that that but they just just filled it out because um, they did TV TVOS really quickly. So so for those who don't know about WWDC at the keynote, they always announce the next updates, next iOS, next watchOS, next macOS, next TVOS. So they did TVOS really quickly. That was done in like five minutes, right? Yeah, but it still had some interesting stuff. I thought it was interesting that they're actually yeah, support. yeah. But they were fast. They were going very fast with everything. Well, there's the Xbox controllers and and PlayStation controller support, and um. But what what I what I thought was great was was multiple users, because that is something that frustrates me on many Apple devices is the lack of multiple user support. So that's nice. You know, if you have something in your iTunes library, you know, somebody else has something in their iTunes library, you can play your stuff. Um, they could buy stuff on the Apple TV without charging your credit card. It just it just makes sense. I wish iPads had it, though. It would be really nice. It would. But TVs are, I think, the most logical place because that's the most shared device you have in your home. You know, it everyone is. uses a TV. So. It is, but I also think I think a family with children. How many parents pass their iPad to their kids to play with it? You know what I mean? To, to like at least a, some kind of uh, kids mode, like we've seen on many Android devices. But I digress on stuff that I would have liked to have seen. You want to see the stuff I'd like to have seen? That's all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, so what did they do after TVOS? They did WatchOS, right? WatchOS six. Yeah, I believe that was the order. Yeah. Yeah. Now you wrote so, up WatchOS. So tell tell us what what's new in WatchOS. So WatchOS is getting a some cool new stuff. I actually, I most importantly, now it's more independent from iPhone. So WatchOS yeah. is going to have its own app store, and Wild. it's now possible for developers <laughs> to create apps just for WatchOS. So you don't need a companion app on the iPhone for it for them to work. I think that's very nice. Yes. Um, yes. If if it makes it a more standalone device, if you could use it without even owning an iPhone, which is kind of weird, but if it's a possibility, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, because, I was thinking about that. What if they did Android support? It's not crazy. Now um, it's certainly possible since you have yeah. everything on on the watch itself. Because I mean, I mean, as it stands right now, watch sales have to be a subset of or watch users have to be a subset of iphone users they can never pass that amount of people but they could they could tap into the android market with this they could and to be honest i think the apple watch is probably one of the best smart watches out there and it the is iPhone the best isn't, watch yeah and the um, iphone isn't necessarily the best phone so if you could get another phone but still get the apple watch i think that would be a very very cool i completely agree with you um, when I, when I use Android phones, the only thing that I miss about iPhone is my Apple watch. It's, yes. <laughs> I, I don't miss the, the, the phone at all, but <laughs> it, it is an excellent smartwatch. And I, I mean, I, I haven't used every smartwatch, but, but if we're comparing to Wear OS smartwatches, it's definitely the best. And, um, yeah, I would love to be able to use it with an Android device. Now that's got its own app store. What else is new? We got a new calculator app, which is kind of cool. The noise yeah. app. Yeah, the noise app and um, voice memos are now on the watch and audio books. Yeah. 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 And then, oh, and cycle tracking, right? So, so um, this is interesting because it's for, for women to track their menstrual cycles. But, you know, when you set up an Apple Watch, it asks you if you're a male or a female. And when, when I, oh. when I, all I'm saying is when I, when I installed uh, this update or the beta, it definitely, uh, it gave me that app, even though I said, uh, <laughs> you would think that would be the the if then statement that they would program in there. It's it's a beta. It's a beta. <laughs> yeah, it is a beta. 
<laughs> it gave me something to show on my hands-on video, I guess. But um, <laughs> I just kind of thought it was funny. I told, I told my, I told, I showed my my friend, and I, I'm like, yeah, look, Apple gave me this app, even though I said I'm 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 a male, and and uh, he thought I was trying to tell him that me and my wife are trying to get pregnant. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you put it that way, it's it sounds. Yes, like... <laughs> I know. I realized that after. <laughs> yeah. So this thing started. This thing started at one p.m. Eastern time, and by like one fifteen, they were done with with this stuff. Maybe one twenty. Like they went through it really quickly, right? Yeah, they were. So yeah, yeah this first two things were very quick. Watch yeah. OS, I think, got a little more attention because you have the Noise app, too. I think yeah. the Noise well, app is actually pretty interesting. Actually, yeah. Tell us about the Noise app. Uh, yeah, so basically now the the watch is going to be listening for the noise around you uh, while being privacy conscious, which is something Apple always says. They don't spy on you. <laughs> <laughs> they're not sending it to the cloud to check is what they're saying. Exactly. So it's just seeing if it's very loud. And if it is, it tells you that you can only be there for a certain amount of time before it's uh, it starts damaging your ears, so you can get away from it. And I think that's important because I think me personally, I I if I if I hear loud sounds, I I don't know the threshold to identify like at what point it starts damaging my ears. So I if I wouldn't know if I sh if I need to leave a certain place more quickly if I don't get that sort of warning. Yeah, I believe I believe the level is ninety decibels that the, that they'll give you that alert. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. nice because I have no idea what nine, 90 decibels. Right, exactly. Is, so. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, so then we, then we have iOS and iPad OS. This was interesting. iPad OS was interesting to me because because it's just iOS. It's not like they they almost played it off like it was something new, but it's not. And um, they made the point that that. The iPad has evolved so much over the years that that it's almost like it's a different operating system, and and it's it's a rebranded iOS. It's iPad skew of iOS. But yeah, clearly please. they want to take it in another direction, you know. And thankfully, because yeah, I, I've always felt like the the iPad OS is a sort of limiting. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, don't we all? I've never I've never <laughs> used it. I've never used any Apple device personally, so I can't say much about it but i'm talking about things like just the home screen the fact that there's so much space between the icons it never <laughs> made sense to me oh you have well, so much space can do some extra stuff with that space you can you can add your widgets to the side of the screen and um i can't find the actual logic behind that because sometimes i go back home and those widgets are gone sometimes they're still there uh it's it probably just because it's a beta but um, and also, you can just fit more icons on the screen. So that's yeah, a very yeah, that's definitely welcome. Yeah, I mean, um, what else is new with, with iPad OS? There was there was plenty of yeah. So it it has everything that uh, the iOS has. So I I think dark theme now that is also coming. Right. So, so changes are there are big changes to files because now finally you can have USB devices. Oh yeah, to the iPad. that is oh, big news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's very big news. It's it about is it time, almost really. under the radar. That and mouse support. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, mouse support. That too. That, that that I don't think they even mentioned that during the keynote. I don't know where they, I didn't hear it at least. Um. I know, you, you know how after each announcement they had a big screen that that just listed a bunch of stuff like here's oh. other stuff so that we're not I, I I think someone said it was on there. Oh okay. But so, yeah, yeah I did not see it. Yeah, I didn't see that. So that's also very welcome. So that makes it you know more like a computer. And it, to me, I think it seems more like Apple Apple is actually listening to people because these complaints. I mean, they've been long standing. But I think they yeah. became a lot louder with the iPad Pro last year because it finally had USB Type-C instead of the Lightning port. So that people saw the potential in that and they complained a lot more that it wasn't being used. And so it's good that they're actually addressing that stuff. Mouse support, yeah. USB storage. So I wonder cool. I wonder if it's possible, and I, I haven't tried it yet, I plan to, um, to use an adapter and plug in a USB drive 
through the lightning port on my iPad because I don't have one of the new USB-C ones. I have a, a 10.5 inch iPad Pro, which is the previous generation. Oh, okay. Oh, that's actually a good question. They didn't say anything about no. being exclusive to USB. So, yeah, um, yeah, it, it might be slower um, than the, than the USB-C port, but but it I don't see any reason why it's not technically possible if you use an adapter. Yeah, you know? you'd, you'd have to try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, what else? Uh, well, let's talk about signing with Apple. Because that oh. was really interesting to me. <laughs> like, um, so, 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 you know, we have we have apps right now where you can sign in with Google, sign in with Facebook. Apple says that's not private, and so they're introducing sign in with Apple, and it will sign in with your Apple ID. And for apps that apps might still want your email address, you could choose to send them your email address or hide your email address. If you choose to hide your email address, it just creates a fake email address for you that forwards to your main email address. Each app gets a different email address, so if you kill one, it's gone forever, and you'll never hear from this app again. I think that's awesome. I it is. I, I I'm just skeptical of the implementation of it. Uh, how so? Um, oh, that has to be mandatory. Well, well, well. Yeah, it's it's going to be mandatory for um, all apps that that use the. Um, Use third-party sign-ins. Not all apps that have sign-ins, like so. So um, Netflix won't have to have it, you know. But but anything that has that sign-in with Facebook or sign-in with Google. Um, what oh. what I'm skeptical about is that is that I don't use all Apple devices. So so how well is this going to work? You know, like if I'm a guy who has an iPhone, an iPad, and a Windows PC, I'm still going to have to sign into that service from my Windows PC, and I'm guessing it won't be as seamless. And um, that's oh, just yeah. something that remains to be seen, I guess. Yeah, that, that is a good point. I don't know if Apple cares about playing nice with other platforms. Maybe this is just aimed yeah, but, at people who have all of their stuff. I know, but the thing is, the thing is that they kind of have to, though, here. You know? Yeah, I mean, they do. Windows, yeah, you yeah. look at the, at the, the market for, for iPhones is huge. Uh, the market for iPads in compared compared with the tablet market is huge. the The market for people who have an iPhone, an iPad, and a Mac is very small. You know, what I, you know what I mean? The, like that have all three of those things that that completely live in the Apple bubble. It's very small. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So maybe it's they can like, make it a web thing too. I don't know. I mean, they could. I I hope they do. Um, you know, but like then, Apple Music. Apple Music is, you know, when they announced it, it came for Android too, right? So you kind of have to. Like, if you're gonna have a, a family plan where where a family of five might might be using it, some people might have Android devices, and otherwise, the product doesn't even make sense. Yeah, that's true. But I don't. And yeah, they could bring it to the web. But now I'm thinking they probably can't enforce companies to implement it on the web. So even if they create that widget. Well, well, it will be mandatory on iPhones. On the it web, would all, it, it it won't. Can, they can only make it mandatory on in the App Store. But you know, if you have an app um, and you add that, you would want to add it to your to your web implementation too. Otherwise, you just have users that can't sign in elsewhere. That yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but that, you know, that's all dependent on Apple still actually bringing it to the web. Otherwise. Right, they, they have to. Yeah, that that's the other thing, right? What if they just don't? <laughs> you know? exactly. It'll be but, awful. But they have to. They they have to. They really have to. Otherwise, it just doesn't make, make any sense. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had a couple other things that, that are new in, in iOS. Just uh, um, oh, There's a completely redesigned uh, Photos app, which is... Um, I mean, it, it's nice. The, they they they're trying to filter out screenshots and and memes and just crap, which is nice. Um, I tried it out. It, it's a lot better. It's not perfect, but it's better. I <laughs> if you if you watch my iOS 13 hands-on video, I'm going through my photos. I, I'm I'm like I still see screenshots all over the place. Then I click the all photos button, and just all of my crap is there. I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> you know. Um. They added some, some new uh, uh, photo editing tools, and they added all of the photo editing tools to, to videos too. So you can you can edit your videos in the exact same way, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah, that is legitimately impressive. I wonder what kind of 
power that requires from a phone to be able to manipulate videos like that because video yeah. editing is not a, an easy thing to do. Right, right, yeah. That's a, I mean, well, they, they've done it on iOS for, for you know, like, like we've had iMovie. It has been a, a good product on iOS for a couple of years now, I guess. I guess since they started talking about the the iPad Pro. So, you know, and the iPhones have that, have that, that power now, too. So, makes yeah, sense. Um, the the Memoji stickers, <laughs> I <laughs> uh, I don't know how to react to that. I don't either. Um, you know, um, animojis um, suck. So <laughs> it, 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 it's one of the dumbest features, especially in the beginning, because you could just send a message, and uh, it, it's a little more fun now because you can put put an animoji on your face when you're uh, on FaceTime, and so they added these stickers and um yeah made from your me emoji and um you could send them to people they're just automatically made when you install ios 13 they're just there so that's nice uh yeah nice is a <laughs> weird choice of words it is <laughs> it depends on your definition of nice <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what i'm excited about is the the lyrics in apple music um so We've had lyrics for um, a few years, and basically it just gives you, it's almost like a text document with just lyrics. So now it's going to highlight the line from the song as it's going through the song. And um, this is like what Amazon does with their x-ray lyrics. It's awesome, you know? It is pretty nice. I don't think my neighbors will like it, but... What? My neighbors might not like it if I use that. If <laughs> 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 but it is nice. It's also on TVOS, but we skipped that over. Yeah, yeah and but, I think yeah. macOS too. I think it's everywhere except except watchOS. Um, makes sense. I mean, well, I mean, you have music on watchOS. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it actually worked because you're just going one line at a time, right? So you can fit that on the small screen. I don't yeah, know. Probably. I don't know. But then you have to like uh, have your watch in front of you in a weird. You have to raise your wrist to sing. It's, I don't know. It's weird. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I can tell you, I, I subscribe to Amazon Music Unlimited and Apple Music because I'm an idiot. And uh, <laughs> it's 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 one of my favorite features about about Amazon Music. It's awesome. So um, it doesn't work right now on the betas. Uh, every song just says no lyrics available. You can't even get the old implementation of lyrics so um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they get that done by the fall because it wouldn't surprise me if it took them longer. Because this is something that actually does take a lot of work, right? Yeah, I can I can see that. But if they're going to announce it, if, if they don't implement it, then you better hope that at least the old implementation is available until then. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Let me tell you something though. There is something that they announced that won't be available when they launch when they launch this in September. There is something. There's always something. I don't know what. It's sometimes it's the thing <laughs> that I'm looking forward to most. But but there's always something that that's like something that's going to show up in iOS 13.1. Um, remember, um, messages in iCloud took like a few minor releases after uh, after yes. after that. Yeah, 11.3 or something. Yeah, like, something yeah, like that. Took, so yeah, yeah, it kept showing up in betas. It kept taking longer and longer. So. Uh, group FaceTime was another that that took extra time. So I think that's about it the, for the iOS stuff. We, we were kind of all over the place just kind of talking yeah, about a lot of... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Swipe keyboard, right? <laughs> about time. I mean, I thought it was already possible. I it's thought been it was like 10 possible. years. But <laughs> it's been like 10 years since, since I, I've done this on, on an Android phone and... and Thing is, you could do it with a third-party keyboard on iOS. You could, you could, you can install like SwiftKey or something. And and the thing is, third-party keyboards on iOS are not very good. Um, the the big problem with them is is that you'll open a text box and it doesn't always launch the third-party keyboard. Sometimes it just launches the stock keyboard, and it takes a while to just get used to it working that way. So, um. Maybe they've gotten better in recent years, but I stopped trying. So, so it's nice that they added it. It's on iPad too. You can pinch the keyboard to get a smaller floating keyboard that you can move anywhere on the screen. 
and uh, you use the swipe gestures on that. So, yeah, after about, uh, I'm pretty sure I've used it in 2010 on my original Samsung Galaxy S. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah it has been around for a long time. I remember it using it a few years ago, too. Years, yeah. yeah Even so... Windows Phone had it, so... <laughs> yes! Windows Phone had an excellent keyboard, all right? It did, it actually did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so another the devices, thing, what? Uh, another thing Windows Phone had that iOS has now is dark mode. So yes, <laughs> yes. It may um, not have it, been good for much, but dark mode is getting everywhere eventually. It <laughs> After is, all these years, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Android Q is going to have dark mode later this year. So uh, you know, Apple took that shot at Android, and they, that that only ten percent of devices are on uh, Android Pie, and I don't know. It's like they have to do that every year, but it, I don't know why they say it, because it's like, guys, we know. You know? <laughs> What's the point in, in even saying it? Um, it's always fun making fun of Google. You know? It is. It is. <laughs> you know, they used to do it with, with Microsoft, too, like back on the Windows 8 days. Um, but by the way, Microsoft had a huge presence in this in this conference. They were all over the place. You know, they were. Know, I don't think that then that the word Microsoft was mentioned even once, but they were there. <laughs> oh no, they did say Microsoft, and they were, they were showing a uh, split screen apps on the iPad. They had Word side did by they, side with also that, Word. That, and, and Word was the only third party app on that that guy's home screen. You know, <laughs> um, did they say Microsoft Word or did they? I just say I, Word? <laughs> I think they said it was from their friends at Microsoft or something like that. It's... Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and then, of course, there's the Xbox controller support for for a TV OS, and then um, and then the, the Minecraft whole Minecraft demo. demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was something. They were all over this. Um, I, so what... I wrote it, but it was very weird. Was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I kind of tuned out at that point, and and I may go back and watch it, but I still haven't. I just kind of tuned out, like because that that keynote was so intense that like when they came up there with Minecraft, I'm like, okay, I'm taking a break. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, we guys, for anybody listening, we, we work hard during these keynotes. We're, we're, we're taking notes. Uh, we're, we're getting pictures and we're writing articles and we're delegating responsibilities all at the same time. Uh, it gets very intense. It is. It is very complicated. It's, very stressful. It's fun in, in a wicked. It, it's kind of fun, like having that excitement, but it's it's also very stressful at that time. Yeah. So so these these updates, um, iOS thirteen is available for for or will be available for iPhone six S or better. You need an A nine processor uh, or better, uh, which means that if you've got an iPhone five S six or six plus, your phone is dead now. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So they dropped two generations this yes. time because last year they supported all the same generations as the yeah. previous one. They've been they've been not like extending the list for 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 a few years now. I think I think they did the same thing with the iPhone 4S. Like they kept a generation, and and then last year they kept a generation. And like I guess the list just it got way too long, and and I can't blame them because it, the iPhone 6S is still a very old device, you know. So. Um, interestingly, iPad OS requires an A8 or higher. And, um, so that's, uh, iPad mini four. They killed the iPad mini two and three, uh, iPad air is gone. Um, uh, and that's it. So, so anything with an A7 is dead from the iPad side of things. It's just, it's just very weird to me that, that, that iPad OS and iOS have different system requirements now. It is strange. I maybe they just don't want to support that many iPhones. I don't know why, because I mean if they support the oh. processor and the rest of the hardware on the six isn't that different from the six S, they could just yeah, yeah. keep it. But you know, who knows? Just... I don't know. I, I I can't blame them though, because they're they're, su they're still supporting devices for, for as far as mobile devices go, longer than anyone. So so fair enough. You know? Yeah. Although the iPad, the iPhone six was a wonderful device, all right, and it's sad to see it go. It was, it was just an excellent phone, one of my favorite iPhones ever. But I digress. 
Um, watch OS six is for uh, series one and later. Same devices as last year. Same thing with TVOS thirteen, um, which is uh, Apple TV series four and Apple TV four K. And um, yeah, so it's it's really just the the uh, iOS and iPad OS that's that's killing off devices. Um, so let's talk about Mac OS and iTunes is dead. Yeah. On macOS. On macOS, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's still alive and well on Windows. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. what? I, I don't know if you can say it's well on Windows because it's a very weird software. But you know, I just took a sip of a drink before you said that, and we came very close to a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, so, so on macOS... They're killing off iTunes and replacing it with uh, music, podcasts, and Apple TV apps. Um, also, um, the functionality for, like, if you plug in an iPhone or an iPad into your Mac, uh, that's now in Finder. So, um, yeah, splitting into three apps. I hear this, they still feel bloated. I don't, I, you know, I use them briefly, but I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, most of the new features are, are similar to what we see on iOS, like like new maps features, new photos features, new reminders app with um, Project Catalyst, which is bringing kind of a, a universal Mac platform between yes. <laughs> iPhone, iPad, and Mac. So one app for, for all devices, like, like we have on Windows and have since 2015. Exactly. It's the same thing. Except, you know, people actually care about their mobile apps. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Um, oh, there's Sidecar. You can project your screen to an iPad or something. That's actually kind of interesting because because suddenly, like, you can project your screen to an iPad. That means you can use it with touch, right? And and you can use it with the pen, or the pencil. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting for I guess graphic designers and all that. So if you, I if just you think it's interesting because Apple has been very hard against any kind of touch support on Macs, and um, this is this is almost a different direction from that that standpoint. You know what I mean? That that is true. I I wonder if they're going, ever going to make a touchscreen Mac, like a MacBook. <laughs> I mean, I, know, that's, I, I, that's I, I think that's where iPad OS goes. I think that's what they want, at least. You know. Yeah, that, yeah, that's likely. Yeah, because they're also making the the iPad a little more computer like. So yes, a little bit every year. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I th I thought they would announce. I I keep waiting for them to announce Xcode for iPad. You know, you know, just the ability to develop apps on your iPad that has With to happen sooner or later. Yeah, I don't think it's that crazy to to make that happen. I mean, right, right. It it'll probably happen eventually. Yeah, um, I don't know why they won't. You, you know, I was listening to Windows Weekly and Paul Thorat called iTunes on Windows the Walking Dead. Um, he he compared it to to the Walking Dead. But how, you ever watch the Walking Dead? Or read the uh, uh, I. I know about the show. I watched like one episode or two loosely. Never really tried to follow it, but I, I know the concept kind of. Right. So basically, it turns out that that everybody in the world has this virus, which means that when anybody dies, they turn into a zombie. So so the the term "Walking Dead" is actually referring to the living. Um, so iTunes is the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, Apple's just kind of like we talked about Apple's willingness to to support other platforms with new features, and they don't want to. You know, <laughs> they, they they only do it when they have to. They they release iTunes for Windows back when the iPod was fairly new, when they realized that they they couldn't just have it for Mac. They did Apple Music for Android because they realized they couldn't just have it for for iPhone. So um. I guess they just, they're fine with their one app on Windows, which is a bummer. Yeah, it is. I, I do. It would be nice if they split it as well. But I I don't think they'd bring Apple TV to Windows either way. But No, but they should, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it's, uh, 
you know, considering how much they they focus on on services these days, you would think that they, that they want to be there. I don't know. You think? I don't. So. Know. I, I think Apple has a weird perspective on things. Maybe they just want to push those services to people who already like them, the the company as a whole. So maybe yeah. they just maybe they just targeting people who already have iPhones and trying to grow their ecosystem. Maybe you know, next time just buy a Mac. And you can get Apple TV there. Something well, like that. Going to, you know, it's 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 like there there are so many iPhone users that have Windows PCs, you know, and they and they know that. I don't know. I guess they just assume that you don't use it. Um, I just want iMessage. That's that's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> that seems even more unlikely. Well, I I mean, not not for Windows. They could do it for the web. Um, when I when I I've, I've been using the the OnePlus Seven Pro and then I, I was using the Moto Z Four and um, I I switched back to the iPhone to test out this beta and the one thing I miss is Android Messages because with Android Messages I can send texts from the browser you know so it, it looks weird I actually people. Praise that I praise that that kind of feature too, and even the your phone linking and all of that. But I never use it because I don't do any sort of messaging on through SMS. I don't know if I'm the only one. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I you just, might be. <laughs> I just really don't care about SMS. In I, well, general. I've, I've heard it in Europe. It's it's more popular to use like WhatsApp or something than than SMS. Yeah, I just use Telegram oh. actually. Just yeah. Yeah, well, we we send a lot of SMS here, and um, it's a, it's a real it's I, I don't like that I have to take out my phone to do it now, you know. So iMessages for for web would have been nice. I tweeted a bunch of things that they did not announce at the time. Uh, mouse support for iPad was on there, so of course it's Twitter, and everybody had to point out that you know that there is mouse support now, and I, I still hear about it four days later. <laughs> People never went. Each other, yeah. catch a break, you know. You know what else would be nice? Because I'm just looking at this tweet right now. <laughs> app Store commission changes that would let you buy a Kindle book from the Kindle app. You know what I'm saying? Wait, you can't buy a Kindle book? No, Wait. it's what? absurd. No, if you if, if you if you go into the the Kindle app, um, you can't buy anything. You could just read books that you've purchased online. Uh, same goes for like the Amazon Prime Video app. And the reason is because Apple takes a 30% commission for, for any in-app purchases. So, so what, what Amazon did is just said, all right, you got to go to the web. So you got to open Safari, purchase your book, then load the Kindle app, and, and then you can read it. It's insane. It's wow, that, that, is, that is terrible. Wow. It is one of the worst things about it. And it's not just Amazon that does it because uh, anybody that sells digital content like that knows it makes no sense to, to pay Apple's 30% cut. And with all like the monopoly things, the, the antitrust stuff that, that's going on, Apple made that that website show, talking about the App Store and everything. Um, I thought maybe they might just budge on that a little bit you know it's, nope. i was hoping it, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i always terrible sometimes again yeah and it just it, it hurts the user experience and that, like that's the thing though you can buy obviously ibooks from from directly from the app uh apple audiobooks directly from the app so that's that's part of that practices you know yeah they're just like pushing their stuff very hard. Yeah. All right. Last thing, Mac Pro. Um, yeah. Tell us about the Mac Pro. <laughs> so the, <laughs> I don't for, really want to talk about it. To be honest. <laughs> it's just it's very powerful. To, yeah. No one wants to talk about it because it's terrible. I mean, it's not it's a, terrible a terrible product. product. It's not a terrible product. It seems like a great product. Yeah, it is a great product. But people were very, <laughs> very outraged at some of the prices in this section of the not the Mac Pro itself necessarily, but some of the stuff they mentioned. I think the stuff they're upset about is that the stand thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. How? How do you make a thousand dollars stand? Yeah. You can well, buy I, an I iPhone assume, 10s or yeah. for your screen. I assume that um, if you're buying this this 
Mac Pro, you're spending probably close to to ten thousand dollars on it, maybe more. Um, I don't know what it's going to max out at. Probably probably a lot though, right? And um, oh. what? Probably a lot. Yeah, they didn't reveal the pricing aside from the entry oh. level one. Yeah, yeah. They they said the entry level one. So that's what forty nine ninety nine, fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, and um, that comes with uh, eight core Xeon processor, thirty-two gigs of RAM, Radeon Pro five eighty X, and a two fifty-six gigabyte SSD. That's six thousand dollars. So you can configure it with up to a twenty-eight core Xeon. Um, I don't know how much RAM you could configure it with, but it supports up to one point five terabytes, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. So I don't know if that you can actually configure it, or if that that's some customization you'd have to do. Obviously, uh, um, uh, Radeon Pro Vega, is that what it's called? Right? Yeah, Radeon Vega 2, I think. Yes, yes, Vega 2. Yes, and, and then more storage. So, like, we can talk $20,000 $20, for a higher-end model. Uh, I think $1,000 for a stand probably doesn't even matter at that point. That's true, <laughs> but... <laughs> But even then, that just makes the Mac Pro also sort of expensive because $6,000 is a lot of money for an 8-core Xeon. Yes. Was, and it doesn't... What, how much RAM is it? I don't remember what the intro level is. Uh, it's that not, was, uh, 32. Yeah, so... And then it's just a 256-gigabyte SSD for $6,000. That's... that's I don't know. True. That's, that's quite a bit. Um, they, they said a similarly spec model would cost over $8,000. They showed an HP. I, I don't know. I, I um I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know for sure either. It's it's weird. And they have this weird overlap with the iMac Pro because the iMac Pro goes up to an 18 core Xeon too. And I don't know if it's yeah. even significantly cheaper, considering that you don't have a screen on this one. So I don't know. It's it's strange. It feels very expensive, oh. even even the computer feels feels a little expensive. Yeah. And we got the new screen, a 32-inch uh, 6K display, 20 million pixels, which is quite a few pixels, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, lot of pixels. I'm looking at a 4K Dolby Vision display in front of me right now, and that's about 8 million pixels. And it just it just seems awful. I feel like I'm going blind looking at this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. Uh, uh, it's, and it's $5,000 for that screen. Yeah, speaking of expensive. Uh... Yeah, that's, I, I mean, I don't know of any uh, other 32-inch 6K displays out there. Uh, yeah, I think that's... Dell announced an 8K one a couple one a couple years ago at CES. Uh, but this is probably the best display that you can get. That's uh, true. And it's like, it has color accuracy. It is compatible with all these color modes, P3 and all of that stuff. And it has a thousand sustain, a thousand nits sustained brightness, which is yeah. a big deal apparently. I, I'm that not, is, that, that's, <laughs> so that is that's, pretty bright. Yeah. Um, so yeah, five thousand dollars for that. The visa amount is one ninety nine. Um, so yeah, lots of money. Yeah. <laughs> I assume that if you buy these things, though, your job is buying it for you, right? Um, is anybody just going out of pocket and saying like, you know, I, I need a powerful PC? Um, how about that Mac Pro? You know, let's go for the twenty thousand dollar model. You know, yeah, that's, <laughs> no single person is going to buy this, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, unless I mean, unless you're a software developer and you're making a lot of money on, you know, or or whatever, whatever you do, you're you're making enough money to to pay for something like this. You know. Yeah, it is yeah. very for a very specific market. Clearly, maybe it's a good deal. I don't know. I'm not part of that market. Right, I'm not either. I'm definitely not. Um, let's just say that um, one Mac Pro will be multiple paychecks. So, yeah. Uh, multiple monthly paychecks. So, yeah. Um, now, uh, that's WWDC. You know, I, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw, I, I submitted that, that watchOS video last night. And... Um, I said WWDC is finally over. <laughs> it's like, like every year they, they they announce these things and we, we do so much through the keynote, but it doesn't end there because then then I'm installing the betas, you know, writing the article on which devices it's supported for, 
then I'm doing hands-on videos with the with the bands, and I finally finished last night, so it's finally over. Finally, so yeah. it was an exciting event. It had a lot of cool stuff. It was a lot back. of stuff. I gotta, you know, they took up 40 minutes of our show, so good for them. <laughs> you know, let's talk about Google Stadia. That's what's next. Uh, I paid attention, so tell us what's new. Uh, okay, so it was disappointing for one thing, <laughs> but. Okay, so let's let's just get the details out of the way. So you get you need around twenty megabits per second of a connection. So maybe I should explain the event. So yesterday Google had uh, their Stadia Connect event, which basically was their pre E three event to reveal more stuff about Stadia, since they revealed almost nothing when they announced it at the Game Developers Conference. So yesterday they had that event about what half an hour, forty five minutes. Actually, I don't remember. It was under uh, half hour, I think. I think it was like 12.25 and it was over. Yes, okay. So a little under half an hour. So yeah. it was a short event and they actually didn't reveal a lot. They revealed uh, the requirements for starters. So we need around uh, 10 megabits. You don't need, they say recommended 10 megabits per second connection right. to stream at, I think, around 720p, 60 frames per second with stereo sound. Right. And then if you want to go all the way up to the maximum quality, 4K, HDR, 5.1 surround sound, that's, they recommend 35 megabits per second. That's not terrible. Yeah, that is better than I expected. I wonder if they can, if they can live up to that, because that doesn't seem very easy. And um, 4, 4K video is very high for, quality. For streaming well, video, it, should, it shouldn't be too bad, but it shouldn't be too hard. Because, I mean, Netflix for 4K... They want 25. Um, for streaming a game, though, I, I assume that's... Ob- obviously, it's it's much harder than streaming um, a, a video. So I mean, at the end of I, the day, it is kind of just a video because the game is all being rendered in the server. It's just streaming the video stream to you. That's true. But but I, I guess upload speeds would also matter too, though, right? Yeah, that's true because you have seen the controls. There's that. So, yeah. yeah. So there's... So, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, it's going to, <laughs> and then it's going they announced the, oh, right. yeah? the Stadia Founders Edition too, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was just going to talk about the compatibility. They kind of said this before. So it's TVs with Chromecast, desktops, tablets with Chrome. Anything and then, with Chrome, they said. Yeah, and but phones will actually have a Stadia app, and they don't start with the Pixel 3 and Pixel 3a. So not every Android phone is going to have it out of the box. Uh, did, did they say anything about iOS? I would think yeah, they wanted about iOS, right? Oh yeah, they did not mention it specifically. They just said it started the Pixel three and three A with the Stadia app, and then they expanded to more smartphones. They didn't specify operating systems. I think I don't think they said Android smartphones. They just said smartphones, right? So hopefully, I mean, otherwise it's kind of a, a big market they're also missing out on there. I, it doesn't make any sense, I think, to to not support iPhones. So what did they, what do they show about six games? Yeah, so they, they did not awesome. show they did not show a lot of games. <laughs> That's so awesome. Six I games. Think they wow. Have, they, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the big problem with Google Stadia. They still don't have that backing from developers. They announced Boundaries Gate three, which that that's a whole new game, and they got that announcement themselves. So that's kind of cool. But aside from that, yeah. eh, I mean, you got uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. I don't. I'm not sure if that's a new game. I don't think that's a new game. I don't know. And then the Division Two. We got Destiny Two. Yeah. Uh, so it's all existing games, nothing new, and they're not also not the most recent games. I mean, the Division Two is kind of recent, and Boundaries Gate is isn't even out yet. But you know, it's. They have this Stadia Pro subscription for $9.99 a month that apparently doesn't include much, and you still have to buy games if you want the good ones. Um, yeah. How do how would you feel about spending, I don't know, $60 on a game that you can't download? Because, it, because your ownership of that game relies on Google Stadia being around forever. Yeah, it's... It- I, this is a very, very strange model because it, it, we were thinking of this as like the Netflix of games, 
But even yeah. Netflix writes it down what shows to watch offline. You, it didn't before, but now it does. So, right. and, and, and then you subscribe to Netflix, you pay the subscription and you get access to everything. So, you, right, right. in this case, you're paying for, for the ability to use the servers. And then you still have to buy the games. And you can't even play the games unless you're online. Right, right. So, um, so it's, it's strange. So one thing is that is that that the hardware is cheap. That that Stadia Founders Edition comes with a controller, a Chromecast Ultra, three months Stadia Pro, um, Destiny Two Experience exclusive Stadia name, which means you get to be one of the first to pick your name um, for one twenty nine for all that stuff. So you know that that's, that's good that's, value. Well, it's a lower barrier of entry than than say an Xbox or a PlayStation. Um, yeah, that's true. You got a, the controller is sixty nine dollars separately, so that's already part of it. And then Chromecast Ultra, I don't know how much it costs, but I, I think it's also sixty nine dollars. So yeah, that alone is already you know cheaper than you'd have to pay for them separately. So that's kind of nice. Here's the and, thing, I don't think Google understands gaming. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's I what I got that too. This, this this show, this twenty five minute show. I don't think Google understands gaming. I don't think they understand gamers. Um, I agree with you. I think they're focused so much on like the their ability to handle the streaming, just yeah. the streaming capabilities, and more more so than the games. And they're right. not making this for gamers. It's like they're just boasting about their their ability to do this. Well, it, it's very straight. Like you can't. Um, could, you, could you imagine, like, look, look at how Microsoft and Sony do their E3 presentations. It's flooded with game trailers because that's what people want to see, games. Um, you can't announce a gaming platform and say, hey, you can pre-order this today and just show five, six, seven games. You need more than that. <laughs> you, need, you need a lot of games. No one, like, gamers aren't just going to take your word for it that you're going to have good games. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. not. For you know, sure. like My, Microsoft's Project X Cloud. We already know that technically it can support every Xbox One, every game that's playable on the Xbox One, which includes backward compatible games from the Xbox 360 and the OG Xbox. Technically, so so already we know that thousands and thousands of games are playable on X Cloud. And you. Yeah, and that for me, that's I've said this from the start, from the start, sort of. Microsoft, that's Microsoft's strength. They they know gaming. They've been in this for so long. Right. They they know this. I don't think Google understands the market that well. They, right. They're just trying to do it because it's cool and it's a big market right now. But they don't understand the people in that market. I don't think so. I I, I don't. I I just I like at this point, I don't understand why anybody would pre-order. A Stadia Founders Edition. You know, I also hate Chromecast as a product. Otherwise, I would say that's a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just say I hate Chromecast because because I I think it makes more sense to actually have a physical remote control, and you don't have that with Chromecast. Yeah. You know? Oh. But, okay. <laughs> you know, and also the fact that the base model doesn't support 4K. Like, what is that? Yeah. You so know? the base model is. Oh, it doesn't. Oh no, yeah, no, Chromecast, Chromecast. Chromecast. Oh, yeah. Like, like you know, if you buy an Amazon Fire Stick or a Roku Stick, you know, for fifty dollars, you get four K support. Chromecast, you need to get the Ultra. You know, whatever. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we'll we'll hear more about Project X Cloud next week. And um, how much yeah, do you think they're going to charge for that? You think they'll have a, a separate subscription? I think most likely they'll have a separate subscription. I. Now I don't know what to expect because Google did things I didn't expect them to do either. So yeah. the way they're doing this is very strange. And I don't know. I hope Microsoft doesn't follow their footsteps in that sense. Now, well, here's the thing. Microsoft subscription offerings are getting a little confusing. We, we, have, we have Xbox Live Gold, and then we had Game Pass. Then we got Game, Game Pass for PCs. However, um, like we talked about, I think, last week, the, there are some Game Pass games that you can play on PCs, which if they're Xbox Play Anywhere. And then to make it all easier, they have Game Pass Ultimate, which should include everything. Um, so hopefully that at least uh, xCloud is just bundled with 
uh, Game Pass Ultimate. I, I really hope it's included. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, that would make perfect sense, really. Yeah. It would. Yeah, or or if it could be part of part of Xbox Live Gold, which would make it part of uh, Game Pass Ultimate. I, I just, you know, if it's if it's another ten dollar a month thing, it's gonna be so annoying. It is. That's gonna be a lot of subscriptions going on. Yeah. But you know, as long as you get more games out of it, that's well. I also wonder it, how many games are gonna have at launch uh, for XCloud. You know, I would certainly hope it's more than Stadia. <laughs> what seven yeah yeah more than stadia um you know because because they said that they said that games are technically possible which means I, I assume they still need um permission from the developer yeah but you know in that but it's a different situation than stadia because you know if if it's just a matter of getting approval from the developer then it's oh, right. a lot easier than absolutely so i think that yeah that's microsoft's real advantage here that they can just Bring all those games over. It's a lot of games to start with. Yeah. Well, same thing with, with like, like Xbox uh, backward compatibility, right? All all Xbox 360 games are technically playable on the Xbox One, but uh, they still needed to get the licensing, and they, you know, eventually it got to like it's like over 600 games now or something. So yeah, so that's pretty great, and I I think Microsoft has a good track record for this kind of stuff. So I yeah think they yeah they'll it. get it done. I just wonder what they'll have at launch, you know. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see, but it's certainly going to be better than Sadie, I think. And yeah, Google has just been focusing too much on their ability to stream and and on additional features like that Google Assistant and the YouTube integration. That's all very cool, but if you don't have any games, who, ca- <laughs> exactly. who cares? Exactly. Like, remember we went through that with like the the uh, really Xbox One, the, really the whole generation. But in the beginning, they they focused on. on they focused on media playback and being an entertainment center in your living room, and no one cared because gamers just want the games, you know. So, so yeah, I think Microsoft has the upper hand here, and yeah. you know if they bring if they bring the X Cloud to the Switch, they've already won. I don't. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> I want it too, man, because I, I want to play Halo on the Switch, you know. <laughs> so yeah, you, you guys do that, and uh, now we get. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about Edge, Credge, Edgium. Oh, so, that. <laughs> yeah. Now available for Mac in the Dev Channel. Finally. Finally, yeah. I was kind of surprised it didn't happen in the beginning because we were, when I was at Build, they were they were demoing Edge Dev. So yeah. so weird because the builds leaked too. Yeah, and then like when it launched on Windows, both channels came out at the same time, but not on Mac for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. You know what's weird? I think that literally every version of Chromium Edge has leaked before it launched. Yeah, right? that's true. That yeah. is true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First Even a Chinese leak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, yeah. But now, now, like you can even uh, Edge Beta leaked. That's not. That's still not publicly available. Um, Edge for for ARM sixty four Windows PCs leaked earlier this week. Still not available. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Edge Canary and Dev for for Mac leaked well ahead of this. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it is weird. I I just don't think Microsoft is doing it on purpose. They're just like teasing At us. This- <laughs> you know, I know, I know the the original leaks. They were they were very upset about. Um, do you remember Muhammad posted um, the screenshots before before any of the builds leaked? Um, we we had the the screenshots for for this. Yeah, yeah, past, yeah. yeah I and, remember uh, that. They were very upset, and not <laughs> not upset with us, but it's it's like they had shared the browser with some some people internally, and they were just kind of disappointed that that kind of their confidence was betrayed you know yeah so so i don't know at this point at this point maybe they're just dropping them i don't i don't know (laughs) (laughs) they just don't care anymore you know you know what's funny i saw that somebody was running the leaked edge dev and um they tweeted a screenshot of the update screen and it said time to update to an official build so (laughs) so it's actually um you know, like the the old Windows 10 previews. Like, if you got a leaked build, you weren't getting updates. You just you were just screwed. Like, obviously, like like this one's part of the channel. So maybe they are doing it on purpose. I don't know. 
yeah, some of them have been leaking. They, they've been getting it. They've been getting updates. The, the beta leaked, and it's still getting updates at the same time as Dev. Basically, the, every time Dev gets an update, beta also gets an update. But some minor weekly, one. really? Yeah, that's what I've been noticing. Yeah, whenever they release a new Dev build, now I just check beta to make sure, and sure enough, there's a new update on on beta too. Cool. <laughs> but it's just I a mean, minor update. When beta goes public, it's supposed to be every six weeks. So, yeah, I wonder what's taking them so long. I I think like they give the six weeks after the dev channel launch, and then they just add beta. I know um, something like that, but no. I well, I, I you know I, I mentioned this after build, where where they just keep announcing features when that when they they like the core stuff isn't done. I would assume that before you call something beta quality, you would want it to run on ARM sixty four devices first. Oh yeah, um, we've talked about that. Older versions of Windows, because it's not supposed to be different SKUs for Windows Seven and Windows Ten. It should just be the same browser. So I assume they want this to, to work on all platforms uh, before they before they go to uh, before they call it a beta. Because beta is really supposed to be very stable. You're supposed to be testing kind of the final bits before release. That's so, true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I assume they're waiting, but. You know, so Edge Dev is available on Mac OS now. It's it's updated weekly. If Canary was, because stuff does break on Canary sometimes. We've seen it already. Yeah, it Canary's does. updated daily for those that are using it. So, yeah, because so, for us, I, I don't I don't use Canary on Windows. I use Dev. What are you using? I, I use Canary usually. Yeah. Yeah. Because because okay. I like taking risks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of grew out of that. Um, I used to run Windows Insider previews on everything, beta everything, but it's like then something crashes one too many times when you're doing something that's a little too important and you're like, screw this. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, I can understand yeah. that. My main PC is now just actually I still have a new release preview ring. But aside from that, I my my fast ring machine is just sitting yeah. there. But and then it's else. it's also I, I ask myself, like, is it worth it? You know, is is there any are there any new awesome new features in Edge Canary that that I really want to get right now? And it's like it's all right. I'm all right with Dev. You know, I you know, yeah, I grew out of it. Like I said, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Canary hasn't been that that unstable for me. That's why I keep no, using. it. If hasn't. There's anything big. It hasn't. It's been very good. But the point is, um, tomorrow's update might not be. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. It, it's like like it, it's it's. Hit or miss, and I always I always say this to to I usually I used to write this in Windows Insider Preview articles, which is that like like these are the known issues, but we also have six months more previews. Something else is going to break between now and then, so just be aware of that. Because remember, like the first few months are always just no new features. So like, why are you updating when there's no new features? There are known issues, and other things are going to break. You know. Yeah, it's uh, at the start of the program. It's kind of pointless so, to to join, but right. But you know, and it, it's not the best example with Edge because it's not the same kind of development path. But the point is, like, tomorrow it might break. Tomorrow it might not. You know, or it probably won't. You know. Yeah, we don't know. I, I can understand that. I I I take the risk because uh, yes, yeah. I, I haven't <laughs> run out of patience yet. <laughs> I'm only speaking from my own personal experience. I'm you know, yeah. So we got a new build this week. Oh, uh, you did get a new dev build. Just more fixes. Yeah, fixes it's, stuff. Uh, yeah, it's fixes. Nothing big. Yeah. Uh, but what it's, else? it's earlier than usual. They released on Tuesday. It's usually Thursday night. And... Oh, yeah. And they said it's going to be Tuesdays from now on, right? I Did they? <laughs> I believe, yeah. <laughs> I believe they said uh, you can expect Tuesdays from now on. So there's that. We got a new Windows 10 Insider Preview, 18.912. Still nothing big. No, narrator improvement. We also got, what does it say, a couple of hidden improvements? There's oh, it's uh, this, I saw, it's not, it's still nothing big, but there's some stuff that Microsoft hasn't really mentioned in the change logs. So if you go to, to the settings, I actually don't know if this is actually available. I saw some people saying that you need to go into the registry or something, but... One of them is that sh uh, the calendar flyout on the desktop. If you click the the plus button to create a new event, 
instead mm -hmm. of opening the calendar app, you can just create a new event from the flyout. So you don't have to go into the into a separate place to do that. I well, think that's, that's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier. I I mean, I guess. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's, it's, it's something. <laughs> it's something. And then yeah. it says Windows Update. Uh, if you when you set the bandwidth, you can go to the delivery optimization settings and you can set the percentage of the bandwidth that Windows Update can use in the background, in the foreground, and all of that. Now it's not a percentage, you can just set raw values. So if you just wanted to use one megabit per second, you can do that. Nice. It, it, instead of percentages, it's just a raw value. So it doesn't change if your speed gets faster for whatever reason. That's useful. So yeah, it's some minor stuff, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Still no so, 19H2. Still no 19H2. I don't know what they're waiting for. I mean, it's... I don't either. <laughs> I would think so. bit. Yeah. That's it. The this thing is going what? Yeah, uh, the May 2019 update has been out for a couple of weeks, so. Yeah, and um, this thing is going to RTM in about three months. So, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's clear that they're not adding anything new. At this point, we know for sure that's just like a service pack or something. So Yeah, it's, it's more or less like a service pack. I don't they, think they, they care. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean... I don't know. I thought I thought it would be sooner than this, though. I, I they they're still working on it, from what I understand, and I don't know what they're working on because it should be very easy. But yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Maybe yeah. they'll surprise us. I don't know. Yeah. And they got Android today, after I finish recording this, maybe they decide to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Then maybe it could be in a half hour from now, uh, but I doubt it. I, I doubt they'll do it on a Friday. Um, fr Fridays are always tough because no no company wants to release software on a friday and then end up having to stay late if something goes wrong <laughs> you know yeah that's true and or work over the weekend to fix things that went wrong so um that's why earlier in the week always makes more sense for these types of things especially the first from from a new development branch yeah yeah that makes sense yeah and we got mm -hmm. android q beta 4 with final apis yeah. So yeah, Android Q is pretty close. They're usually released in August, so it's about time. Yeah, August probably makes sense. There's going to be two more betas after this, uh, which will be release candidates. And um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The big, the big, the big news is that is that if you're a developer, you can start targeting. You, you can start targeting Android Q, and you can release your app to the Google Play Store. So that means that anybody that's running the beta can can download the updated version of your app, test it out, give you feedback, and uh, you should have it ready to go completely by the time this thing's released in Q3. So, yeah, we'll have a new beta next month and probably, I guess, early August and then maybe late August they, they announce the product, what it's yeah. actually called. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, Dark Mode is coming to Netflix. Dark Mode, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dark mode, everything. That's that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, like Windows oh. Phone. Yeah, <laughs> Windows Phone was the true dream. It was the true dream. <laughs> ah. but that's Android Q. Yeah, there's just I don't know. I I get more excited about about iOS betas because Android Q like um like you get the dark mode. And um, I feel like you you get more updates through uh, through apps and Google Play services and stuff. That um, I don't know. I feel like the feature updates don't show as much. Yeah, new, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. Anything else this week? No, yeah, it was pretty. Busy. It was really a slow week. Yeah, I mean, definitely <laughs> see it was pretty busy. But aside from that, it was relatively slow. Yeah. Yeah, like other than the Apple news, um, there wasn't a lot from from anybody really. Yeah, there was there was Stadia, and if you're weird like me, there was the Pokemon there. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. Next Just week we that. have uh, E3, and then. Uh... So we'll we'll I I I just want to see what I I want to see the new Xbox. I hope they show it. Um... Yeah, I'm very excited for Xbox stuff. Yeah. For, from a technical perspective, I don't really play on Xbox, but... Yes, uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but if Xbox comes to the Switch, then, you know, that's... Yes. yes. 
<laughs> I, I think that would be super smart of them to, to bring xCloud to the Switch. Um, so, yeah, I guess, I mean, Microsoft always focuses on on games. So so there will be a lot of game trailers. Um, but I, I do hope that they, they talk about the new Xbox and they talk a lot about xCloud. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. That's so for X Mod stuff. I really want to see them crush Stadia just just because Stadia sucks, you know. Yeah, it, <laughs> does. it really. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, I mean, the thing about X Cloud is that, that you know, like Stadia, it's like okay, you got to buy the Chromecast, you got to buy the 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 controller. Um, with Xbox, it's like all right, it's the controller that you already have, um, and then it's probably on devices that you already have, you know. So, yeah, that'll be cool. That's and that's coming up on Sunday. They'll, yeah, uh, it is on Sunday. So, yep. not well, a good time to work, but it's <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be interesting, and yeah, I, I really hope to see some X Cloud stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, then there's the rest of E3 if you care about that. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm really I, not a huge gamer. I, I, I play some games to to entertain myself from time to time, but I, I'm more of a casual gamer. And so um, these trailers, all, pretty much any trailer aside from like Halo means nothing to me. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I'll end up playing a game after I see people online saying, saying, hey, this game is really good. You know, and then I'll see it's on Game Pass and I'll download it. So so it's like the trailer itself is meaningless. So Yeah, I get that. I'm yeah. a very big gamer. I'm gonna be three in general. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that's all we got for the week, and um, we'll uh, I guess we'll we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Oh wait, who are you on Twitter? And so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you insist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Jean Kereshkaya. Uh, I'm. At in the spot on Twitter, I N D O S P O T. Uh, follow me for uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rich Woods at the Rich Woods on Twitter, and you can also follow me for nothing. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. All right, see you guys. <laughs>